the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here it is, and it's Father's Day. It's Backbone Radio. It's June 19th, 2022. So glad your ears could spend a moment or two with us, or even the full three hours with us here. It's a nice, oh, partly cloudy Father's Day, and I've already had a bit of a nice warm hello with my own father and then my own four kiddos with me and their grandfather and the other grandfather. We're so blessed to have four grandparents right here in town with our family. We went out to the land, and one of my daughters and my father-in-law went to a golf course, and they swung golf clubs today. I bet that was tremendously fun. And anyway, honored to be in here and, and share a little bit of time, all kinds of amazing things to be covering on this Father's Day. And I might do a little movie review of the movie Idiocracy, if you remember that one. I think it came out like in 06 or 07, somewhere in there, and Elon Musk keeps tweeting about it, about how people are not reproducing, people are not replacing themselves in this country and in the world. And the Idiocracy class, it could be one of the most important movies ever made. I just, I think, you know, Elon Musk says, hey, he's done his part, he's got eight kids. Wow. And so, you know, I'm only halfway there. I feel like I have to, I could do a bit more of my part. And uh, just uh, in the TMI front, when I discuss that around the home front, I don't get the most positive answer just just yet. But I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep at it, you know, and working on it, shall we say. We'll cover all of that. And uh, I was listening to that little newscast report uh, during the break. I said something about our economy is like really hot. Our economy is red hot right now. And I thought, you know, a lot of unpacking needs to be done (laughs) about some of those propaganda installments about our economy. And good grief, folks. Uh, I just went and filled up my gas tank and I, I rang it in at $117 for my gas tank, right around $5 a gallon. Uh, Good grief, ladies and gentlemen. And the Biden strategy seems to be to say that uh, it's Putin's fault and that his own energy policies had nothing to do with it. There is no cause and effect with all of that, uh, according to the Biden propagandists. And boy, just barf. I mean, give me a break on that. Nobody is buying it. And a lot of folks are not buying a lot of stuff like uh, Myra Flores, new congresswoman from Texas, a Republican. First time a Republican has been elected. It was a special election in a district in South Texas, which is 85 percent Hispanic. And she went in there and won by seven. If I have the data right, if it hasn't changed since I was reading up on this. And that was a plus 13 for Joe Biden district. In the 2020 election, yeah, if you believe all that. So that that starts to make like a 20-point gap all of a sudden, pro-Republican, a 20-point swing. Oh, don't you know that 
in Colorado, the Democrats here were watching that one closely and getting just a little bit nervous, you think? Oh, I definitely think, and kind of glad to see it. People aren't buying the propaganda, and the elites, they're saying how it is and what people are believing and this January 6th stuff, but guess what? No, 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 no. Step back for a moment and realize that, gosh, gosh, none of what they are saying is adding up, and I'll offer details as the show goes on. Red flag laws, Second Amendment, got to devote more time to that very important issue. Yeah, the rhino Senate's coming for your guns. Senator Cornyn down in Texas just got himself booed off the stage at the Texas GOP state convention. Man, got the audio there. They, they want nothing to do with this rhino senator who wants to come for the guns of every Texan and every American. No, thank you, folks. Little new installment from Colonel McGregor on Ukraine. Yeah, we'll be reading that into the record. Yeah, preparing the propagandists and the American media, trying to prepare the American people for the eventual collapse of the Ukraine resistance, and it might not be all that far off, huh? The Biden bear market. Yeah, who's been watching the stock market lately? Good grief. What about the Bitcoin plunge? Anybody thinking about that a little bit? Um, The electronic currency? The Bitcoin stuff, um, boy, that's really taken a massive haircut. I think a lot of folks have really, yeah, taken a shave there on that front. And that's, um, could that become the symbol, the symbol of the forthcoming crash? Are we headed for some kind of a crash? They're trying to massage it. They're trying to massage it, are the propagandists. But uh, even CNN has lost that Harry Inton guy at CNN pointing out, that the consumer sentiment in the United States of America is the worst ever recorded, as I mentioned last week, because I'm always ahead of CNN, and that uh, even worse than Jimmy Carter are Joe Biden's numbers right now on his approach to inflation, which he claims he had nothing to do with, right? Joe Biden, he didn't cause any of that inflation. It was nothing to do with him. It's all Putin somehow or another. (laughs) Putin has been used as the bogeyman by our elites For what? Uh, The last, what, six years going back, you know, first he stole the election for Trump. And yeah, now he's caused all this inflation and um, all the other stuff that that Putin has done. And maybe did did Putin knock Biden off his bicycle? Biden falls off his bike yesterday. Who saw that? Who saw that? Everybody had to have seen that. I know that The mainstream media is trying to throttle that one big time. Oh, bigly big time. And if anybody out there listening has not seen the footage of Biden falling off of his bike, know that the only reason you have not seen it is because the propaganda media stopped you from being able to see it. Okay, and for those out there who have not seen the video or maybe having a hard time accessing the video, I thought I might. Maybe even in the next segment, do a little play-by-play, kind of like a sports announcer type approach. I've got three different views, three different clips of Biden falling off of his bike yesterday in Delaware. Just very embarrassing, yeah? His bike was kind of stationary. He just fell off. He fell to the right. Down, poof, down. Down goes the president. POTUS down. 
and they hauled him back up again, and I didn't hear a whole lot of uh, post-event commentary from the White House. But do you think that would work, a 3D play-by-play sports analysis? You know, I've been watching the Avalanche hockey games. Hope everybody's been watching the abs. Hockey's maybe like the last sport available to us. It's a little bit woke. You know, sometimes they do a little bit of the woke stuff, but nowhere near in the league of the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball. With all of their woke stuff, there's just an incredible turnoff. So many of those sports, you kind of think, I don't really want to watch that stuff. But hockey is still there, and we just so happen to have the Avs just looking unbelievably good this year. I, I just love watching it. And I guess I have to admit I haven't watched it this intensely since the last time we were in the Stanley Cup chase, and wasn't that about 20 years ago? I remember that. And it, it was back at that time where there was this, like, Miller moth invasion Remember that? There were just thousands of moths in your house at any one time right here in Denver Metro about 20 years ago. And that's when the Avs last won the Stanley Cup. And by the way, it's kind of funny that I just was hearing reports that there might be another one of these massive Miller moth invasions. I've seen quite a few around, quite a few, but I haven't seen the full throttle scale of that massive one 20 years ago. And so, anyway, be ready. Be on the lookout for the Miller Moths. And actually, I'm going to write that down. I, maybe we should do a segment on that sometime because, uh, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that, that gets you stirred up. Some, pe- some people are kind of get scared of moths. Are you scared of moths? And those things flap around. You know, you try to swat at them, and then they end up, like, kind of in your neck or something, or sometimes they'll crawl down your shirt or whatever. That's, that's, yeah, that gives you a bit of a creepy vibe, does it not? But at any rate, the way the... Avalanche, how I got on that, is the way that hockey announcers on TV and the radio, some of it I listen to on the radio, uh, the way they can describe the puck flying around and they use verbal skills to narrate the action on the ice. I think we should do that with Joe Biden falling off of his bike uh, when we come back. How does that sound? Uh, Yeah, happy Father's Day. It's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone Radio, 303-696-1971. There we go. That's one of my favorite Father's Day songs, we bring it out, I think, basically every year uninterrupted for a decade or more. That's the Dwight Yoakam rendition of the Paradise song, originally done by, uh, oh, uh, Jim and Jesse, the bluegrass crooners, back in the day. But I, 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 I love the Jim and Jesse version, but the Dwight version, oh, man. That just rocks, especially on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all fathers out there, to all father figures out there. And Javier, behind the glass, you're, you're working up. To, you're way too young to be in that stage of life. But I have a feeling you'll be surpassing my, uh, my tally uh, in, in short order, young man. I, I can see that happening. <laughs> and uh, at any rate, Joe Biden just beefs it on his bike yesterday. And I, I have a couple of clips here. And before I go to the phone lines, I should probably just do a little, a little narration. And uh, just so you get the, uh, and I'll, I'll put it on mute on my computer screen. I've got the videos here. And uh, what happens is, is that Biden is riding his bike and he's riding it very slowly and he's diligently gripping his handlebars. And he goes across this crosswalk and, um, then he kind of pauses and and beefs it, beefs it down. And so why don't I'll bring out the first the first dimension of the narrative here, and I'll try to keep up with it. But here we go. Biden 
He's riding his bike. He's going across the crosswalk. There he goes. Puts left foot down. Put, tries to put his right foot down. He's caught the pedal. And down he goes. Down he goes. President down. POTUS down for the count. And the crowd gathers all around him. Oh, my gosh. The president just went down. They're all looking at him. He's like all upside down, all sprawled out on the ground. That's pretty, pretty embarrassing. You know, they, they, why'd they take the training wheels off of his bike? I mean, who, who, whose idea was that? Who did the Secret Service task with taking the training wheels off of Joe Biden's bike? That's what I want to know. Okay. Now, should we go to the second dimension of the Joe Biden bike crash, which happened yesterday in Delaware? And one of these is spliced from several different compilation angles, and it might be this one. But let's let's bring this one up, and I have to get my audio here so I can watch it in real time as we look as we look together at the Joe Biden bike crash. Yeah, this one is twenty three seconds long, and yes, there it is. Okay, I'm going to hit the button at the same time here. This is this you have to be very ambidextrous sometimes in radio. And that's where we are right now. Here we go. Biden is coming down a, a little hill. A little hill. He's coming down a little hill. Goes across the floor. Oh. oh, the crowd. He goes down. Left foot, right foot. Right foot stuck in the pedal. Down. Secret Service goes around, pushes back the passersby. They're trying to take a video. They haul him up. They haul him up, and he goes straight to some little girl in the audience and kind of looks at her, and Secret Service standing there bewildered, the crowd standing there bewildered, probably about uh, 25 cell phone cameras up in the air, people, people photographing the moment, the intimate moment of Joe Biden beefing it on his bike, going down. Yeah. And... That was the second dimension. And how about the third dimension? Again, this one is spliced together, three different angles spliced together. And again, this is for the people that didn't see the video because the uh, tech tyrants don't want you to see it. I'm trying to narrate it as best we can. Here comes Biden. Left foot down. Right foot stuck. Oh. Left foot down. Right foot stuck. Poof. And they got that, that same person screaming in every video when he hops up, when they haul him up. Yeah. That was such, a, such an action-packed sequence, it was hard to do it justice verbally. But you get the idea that yeah, Biden comes, comes down this like tiny little grade, and then he goes across this. this cr- he dodged a yellow pole, by the way, that was right before the crosswalk. I, I noticed that. He didn't miss it by that much, like he was a little bit maybe teetery, teetery on the bike. He dodged the yellow pole. Don't even know if you saw it, but he missed it. And then he went about eight feet into the crosswalk. And by crosswalk, you know those are the white stripes that are like across the street, kind of like, is it Penny Lane or is it Abbey Road, the Beatles album, where they're walking across the street, across the white stripes. And I think it's Paul McCartney doesn't have any footwear on, doesn't have any shoes on that one. And... um so Biden gets about halfway across the crosswalk, and he comes to a pause, and he puts his left foot down. But when he puts his left foot down, he kind of pushes himself to the right, and he tries to get his right foot down, but it's kind of still in the pedal, and down he goes. And splat. And the Secret Service jumps in to hoist him back up, and maybe they gave him some smelling salts. I don't know if the smelling salts were brought out, 
But then he kind of limped over to the, the crowd that was around him and tried to act like, you know, no big deal, nothing happened. And at any rate, um, who took the training wheels off? By the way, for most toddlers, a safer choice is a tricycle. You know, Fisher-Price makes a lot of really great tricycles that are great for toddlers. And, you know, the hot wheels, you know, the big wheels, man, uh, I've actually ridden a big wheel recently with some of my little kids. You know, I, even dad can get back on the – I think they could put Biden on a big wheel again or at least, you know, something Fisher-Price would be a safer choice. At any rate, I think I've done that justice. So, so you know, that uh, Biden trying to show how, how healthy he is and down he went – and that is our president of the United States well past his prime. And in his prime, he wasn't even in his prime, just so you know. Let's say a little hello to Rick on the phone lines and push hey, the Matt. button. And Rick, welcome. Hey, I do How are you, first, sir? First, I'd rather have Miller Moss than Californians, okay? Let me get that out of the way. <laughs> now, <laughs> you're probably too young to remember, I'll say, preface this statement. But Rowan Martin's laughing. They had Artie Johnson with a tricycle going real fast and always falling over, and that's the analogy. Oh, that's what, what that is. Somebody tweeted at me about Artie Johnson. That's it, yeah. And I was like, I remember Artie Johnson, what he looked like, and he had, like, the gray hair kind of down over his face, right? Right. And um, But I didn't know he did the tricycle thing. That's what that was about. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's the rest of the story, Paul Harvey. But uh, Man. Yeah. It, you know, sometimes... I, I wake up, I go, this is, what world am I living in? This is not real, what is happening everywhere. Yeah. It's not. It's, so, it's I, synthetic. I start laughing. It's too serious, but I start laughing. Yeah. Are we in a gigantic TV, made-for-TV movie or something? I mean, yeah, yeah, we were in, in a synthetic reality that has been uh, created for us by propagandists. And I've got this video just playing over and over and over yeah. again back here. And, yeah, it's just... Do you remember when President Trump was uh, giving a speech, I think at the West Point graduation, yeah, and he had to walk the, down uh, that steep yes, ramp? Yes, so and they he, made the biggest deal, yep. And he, he kind of had to make sure that he didn't like go toppling. It was a big, long ramp, like a 70-foot ramp, kind of yep. steep. And so he was really wanting to not like fall, um, and he had all these people around him. And so he, he did a few shuffle steps at the end, so he you know had a smooth yep. landing. But the media made a... Made a case about that oh, for, like, God. weeks and months that, oh, yeah. Trump's health is terrible. Yeah, they right? put it on Saturday Night Live. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't make this up. Yep, you it, cannot. So, hey, and before, severe, real, real quick, do you, have you ever heard of Cameron Haynes, the bow hunter marathon guy? Yeah, Endure? Yeah, Endure. Have you heard of him? Yes, yes. Mm. Uh, do you think, man, could, could you hang on for just a second during the break? Because I might want to ask you, because I was mentioning him last week. And I mentioned your name in that segment. You might not have heard that particular segment. But I wanted to ask you something about Cameron Haynes. Uh, I just read his book when we come okay. back. Can you hang on a sec, Rick? Is sure, that is that sure. doable? Okay, right sure. on, my man. Hang on. It's Backbone Radio. It's Father's Day. And, yeah, Biden is kind of laying on the pavement out there in Delaware somewhere. But they, they hoisted him up. Be right back. I'm just telling it like it is. Love that tune. That's perfect for talk radio and especially for Backbone Radio. I believe that song comes up out of Norway somewhere. At any rate, uh, yeah, I was the DJ at the swim meet yesterday, and oh, it went over pretty well. I should probably talk about that at some point. Uh, also in the TMI category, I was just researching the Miller Moth invasion during the break, and maybe I'll share some thoughts about that. Get ready. 
the text messages are flowing in. And yes, happy Father's Day to the folks that have texted in. So honored by that. Someone says Top Gun was great. I'll talk about Top Gun. We saw it on Friday. And uh, A+, plus, A-plus movie. I just, I just really enjoyed it a great deal. And uh, we've, got, um, we've got Rick has been gracious enough to hang on a little bit through a break. And we were just talking politics, and I threw a curveball by mentioning this uh, Cameron Haynes to Rick. Rick is a, our marathon man. He runs, he's, he's run, I can't remember how many marathons, but I believe it's into three figures, if no, no, I'm not. 266. 266. My gosh, I just, I salute you for that, Rick. And as I was reading this book called Endure by Cameron Haynes, who's the bow hunter from Oregon, who's a good friend of Joe Rogan's and Jack Carr's and a lot of these good people. And I, I hear that um, Cameron Haynes is quite the uh, conservative thinker, which helps me want to promote his books and his work and all that. But he, he apparently he, like he lifts weights every single day, no days off. And he runs a marathon just about every day. He'll find a way to run 26 miles a day. And he has a nine to five job at some kind of a warehouse. And I was just wondering, Rick, I mean, can, are there some people who can do this, who can run like a marathon a day and somehow I, do it for decades in a row? I, there's, there's a couple of people that, that I know have done that, that they're up to 1,000 marathons, 1,200 marathons. My gosh. Um, but So you've heard about this guy, Cameron Hayes. Well, Has I, he ever I, come up in your circles and you ever see him at a yes, race anywhere? No, I have not. But, yes, I because of you, and you know, I've read about him. I'm definitely going to buy the book. Yeah, right on. Well, thank you, know, you for that recommendation. It's it's a well done book, and you know, it's you wouldn't describe it as intellectual fair, which uh, so many of uh, folks around here, you know, are you know very high on the intellectual quotient. But I think Cameron Haynes has kind of gotten a, a handful of key points, and he has all these different ways of bringing them home. And one of his mottos is just keep hammering, keep hammering in life. Sort of no matter what, no matter like how difficult it is seeming, no matter what the landscape is looking like, even if you still have like 50 miles to go yet in your 100-mile race, you're running up in Leadville or something, just keep hammering. And it seems to be working for this guy. Yes, <laughs> is, yes. Is that... Uh, and for most successful endurance athletes, that's what you must think. Yeah, and so... Ha- the, the main thing really is you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You kind of like that's another one of those phrases. You got to be a friend of pain. You know, when the when the pain is overtaking, you find ways to plow through it. And I don't know if you've run two hundred and sixty six marathons. Have there been a few where some of those were not the easiest day for you for whatever reason? Uh, Pikes Peak Marathon. That, that's always tough uh, running up a mountain. Holy cow! So one thing I notice is that when I'm out running. Um, if I end up on a grade and if I look down at the heart rate monitor, man, it starts to go up in a hurry. Just the tiniest little grade, right? Yes, especially around here. Yeah, and uh, I can't even imagine Pike's Peak. Well, and what does the grade get there? There's probably 20-plus degree grades here and there Oh yeah. during that marathon. Yes. And you've, have you done it once, more than once? Just once. Yeah. That, that, that was one and done. Uh, it was my... Uh, <laughs> it was that was my limit. It was actually bad, worse coming down. I fell a couple times, bloodied up a little bit because. So know, you go up and then back down. Yeah, thirteen point one up, thirteen point one down. Wow, I was kind of thinking that I might sign up for the run down the hill part, um, but that's that's I guess it works a little different part of your uh, your well, knee, your, your ligaments. Killed and uh, yeah, you know, I, I'd say a good twenty five, thirty percent of people take spills coming down. Huh. 
Well, um, I do feel like that, that I, I have a little bit more strength at running the downhill for whatever reason. I've, I've run down a few 14ers, yeah. but, uh, but trying Wait. to run up them, no, that's, that's, not, that's not quite for me yet. What, in what's life. your longest race, 10K, half marathon? No, for me, I've, I've actually have done a couple of triathlons, okay. but, but they're the, 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 the sprint ones. That's so, Iron Man. Yeah. No. Oh, no. 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 I've <laughs> I've never aspired to that. But uh, once in a while, you think uh, that would be fun to do. But uh, by the time you know you've done your swim and you've done your bike and you're on the run part, I do notice that. Uh, yeah, you have to um, keep hammering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to get that yeah. done. No, that's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I just thought I'd just ask yeah. you about. It, 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 I just was. How can that be real? This this guy, Cameron Haynes, and what he does. I can't wait, seriously, to to get that book and read it. And sometime, you know, maybe check in with me when you when you look that over yeah. and tell me what you think. Okay. And um and just yeah, salute to that guy who yes is a fellow conservative out there. Huh. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of good to hear. One one ending note, Matt, on a more serious. Do you feel? I just feel really the last couple of weeks this economy is tanking rapidly, and we're going to hit a major recession. Yeah, if I had to guess, and I've got data coming later in the show, but I think we're already in a recession. Yeah. I think we're already in a stagflationary environment, which means wages are not keeping up right. with inflation. And I think they're going to try not to admit it until after the November elections 2022. They're going to try to hang on that long before they'll actually come out and say what the deal is. But the one okay? thing they can try, but really, even with big tech covering up, you can find out if you have any brains at all what's really happening in the economy. Well, I just would advise people to look at your gas bill when you go oh, to yeah. the gas station. And then when you go to the grocery store, look at your grocery bill and try to get that sense. I mean, you you, you can get some information. The people apparently are running out of gas um, a lot more than ever before. And like police are having to go help people who've run out of gas on the road somewhere at a higher rate. I read an article on that because people are trying not to, they're trying to avoid the gas station if they can and they overdo it a little, right? Yeah, and the whole thing is a darn shame because none of this didn't have to happen. Look at the bear market we have. Uh, stocks just tumbling. Under we've 30. Had a, DJ you, uh, under 30,000. Yeah, we've had some massive tumbles and even uh, some of the cryptocurrency stuff is uh, looking a little grim these 75, days. 75, 80% loss in value last week. Man, alive. So, anyway, uh, I think people are close enough to the economy to know what's going on, and they, I, I don't think they can spin their way out of so much of this stuff, but they're going to try, and they're going to try to blame Putin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, Which, at that point, this point is just laughable. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's, right, right. Okay, listen, they have a great show. Right man. on, Rick. Thanks okay. for sticking around a moment yeah. with us. All the best to you, sir. And um, let's carry on to Roger. Roger, welcome to the program, and thanks for being here, Roger. You're welcome. You're welcome. Nice to be here. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. So my question was about Greg Lopez and Heidi Gano. Right. And the end of the story is that uh, they say, so it's the Democrats are saying that uh, Greg Lopez is too conservative to uh, for Colorado. And then on the other hand, you have that Greg Lopez is saying, well, Heidi doesn't want to go for debates and so on. Now, the end of the story is, if you take a look what happened to Trump in the debates, I don't care. Mike Wallace was not fair. And in other words, what I'm saying to this that I can understand if she feels that uh, Channel 4 and Channel 9 aren't going to give her a fair shot. It makes sense to me. Sure. But, but the end of the story is, so how do you, what do you feel, or can you say it on the air, or you can't say it on the air, 
between who you like more, Greg Lopez or Heidi Gano. Yeah, and um, do you, who do you like, Roger, just out of curiosity? I'm thinking I like Heidi better than Greg. Okay, fair enough. And I, I try to stay out of uh, the primary business, and sometimes I'll offer a few comments or characterizations of different candidates, but I, I just don't feel like I, I like to get in the middle of all that. I just feel like I like to hear people call in and tell me what they think and who they like. And I guess Tuesday, 7 p.m. is the deadline. You've got to have that ballot in. And I usually advise don't take it in too soon, but try to take it in on maybe the same day, which would be Tuesday. Um, but Heidi, I've, I've actually met each of these individuals a few times, and I am positive on both of them. And if I had to characterize things, I, I would say uh, Heidi seems quite personable. She's got a great sense of humor. She's really fun to just kind of hang out with and chat with. And Greg Lopez um, can give one heck of a good speech. I've seen a few of his speeches down at the Western Conservative Summit, and he is an orator. He's really good. Um, he's probably marginally more conservative than Heidi Ganahl, I would say. But yet, um, does does Greg Lopez have a few baggage items that might reflect badly and make chances a little harder for success in November? That could be the case, but I don't really know. Um, and um, I don't know, does does Heidi have enough real real courage and conviction to stand up to the leftist machine, both here in the state and nationally? So I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I personally, I'm, I'm really on the fence on this one. I have to say, but uh, we'll we'll see how it plays. And as the, as the show goes on, I might offer a little more commentary on on that race and the Senate race. But Roger, thanks for kicking that off. Appreciate your commentary there. Be right back. Unstoppable, the tune from Sia. That's a highly motivating tune, is it not? Every so often, you know, you just kind of feel unstoppable. And those are the moods you want to maximize or try to return to as much as possible, right? In spite of it all, keep hammering. By the way, I had a alert text to studio from a listener who said that the primary is June 28th, which is not this Tuesday, it's next Tuesday. That's kind of funny. That In my head, I, I was seeing June 28th, and I somehow thought that was this coming Tuesday. But nope, the primary is next Tuesday, the 28th. And 7 p.m., I believe, is when you have to have that ballot in on Tuesday the 28th. We clarified all that last week, and I actually double-checked with a few people in the elections world that if you are a registered R, you should get the R primary ballot in your envelope sent to you by mail. Because, yes, we have mail-in ballots. Isn't that a bummer? Um, And if you're a D, you'll get the Democrat primary ballot which basically has nothing to choose from, as far as I understand. But if you're a U, unaffiliated, you get one R ballot and one D ballot in that one envelope. And you can only fill out one or the other. And if you are a U voter and you take your D ballot and start writing in Republican names, apparently that will be thrown out. And apparently there are safeguards in place so that you cannot send in both ballots. So... Uh, presumably, that is trustworthy, right? At any rate, one little thought on Roger's question about who to vote for in the gubernatorial Republican primary, as in Heidi Ganahl versus Greg Lopez. Uh, you know, you know where I am sitting right now, I would say you know flipping a coin is, is okay, 
But just go with your instincts, obviously. I mean, the listeners around here know, know more. I mean, just, just do what you want to do. And don't listen to, the, like, experts, you know. No, there's no political experts in the state of Colorado. If there are any political experts in the state of Colorado who claim to be Republican, well, they've, they've turned this state blue over the past, you know, 10, 20 years. And so I, I'm inclined just not to listen to anybody. That's just where I come down. But this election in Texas was extremely interesting in that uh, uh, Republican, this Myra Flores, won the race, and it's an 85 percent Hispanic district in southern Texas. And she just won the special election. And so they're going to have a, Repub- a Republican congresswoman in there. I'm going to talk about her more as the show goes on because it's really a fascinating story, um, devastating to Democrats. Devastating. Colorado Democrats are seeing those numbers and they're going like, oh, my gosh, we are in trouble in Colorado. Thank goodness we have the mail-in ballot. I bet don't you know they're thinking that. At any rate, um, Greg Lopez, being Hispanic, Hispanic voters really despise Joe Biden. Last numbers I saw with 24 percent Hispanic approval of Joe Biden, which is the lowest of any ethnicity, even lower than uh, all the other ethnicities, whatever. And so... I don't know. Being Hispanic Republican candidate in Colorado, uh, is that a plus? I'm just throwing that out there. Just I just don't know. I don't know. But boy, um, the Hispanic voting population has no love for Joe Biden's open borders and no love for Joe Biden's weird stuff on critical race theory and gender fluidity and all that stuff. Just they just don't go for it. That's what I've read about at any rate. So um, one quick note before the phone lines about the Miller moth invasion. And I had a few people text in. What was uh, – I had someone text it. Doc, funny you mentioned moths. Was sitting out enjoying the cool night with the little pink wife yesterday. <laughs> That's called a backbone echo. Felt a Miller moth tick- tickling my shin. When I reached down to grab it, I ended up getting a mouse in my hand instead. Hmm. So in this particular listener's case, alert listener, it was not a moth invasion, but a mouse invasion. Um, At any rate, just so we go, this is a Colorado Public Radio has a little story about the uh, Miller. What's the headline here? Um, Colorado's moth invasion has begun. How long will Miller moths stick around? Actually, it's it's an AP article that was channeled through the CPR website. And should I narrate this paragraph in CPR tones? CPR narrative tones? Yes. And uh, everybody loves CPR, and I love the classical music. But I will say, you know, it's going to be rather left of center, to put it mildly. Great people, but they're just, you know, left leftist. Okay. And I am in the center. I'm a centrist. Me and Elon were the last two centrist left in this country. Millions of moths have begun... Should I do it in CPR, boys? Millions of moths have begun migrating into Colorado front-range cities. A climate-driven seasonal surge that bug scientists say will reach an exceptional intensity this year from now until around early July when the moths fly up to the mountains. In the next paragraph, should I stop that irritating CPR voice or... I don't know. Text the studio might be coming in saying, Matt, what are you doing? Anyway, they play a key ecological role as food for birds, bats, spiders, and bears. Bears eat moths? Who knew that? 
They're night feeders motivated to suck up nectar through their long straw proboscis mouths, favoring suburban homes with irrigated lawns and gardens decorated with white and cream-colored flowers. Hmm. Tell you, you, you flower people out there, you might have more moths than the average, average individual suffering from the Miller moth invasion. Now, um, there's a, apparently a quote from a uh, lepidopterist who works down at the Butterfly Pavilion. I love that place. I've taken my, my kids there a few times and looked at, the, uh, looked at the butterflies and the moths. And there's that moth that has that like eyeball on its wing. Isn't that cool? Anyway, Shirin Hershkovich is the lepidopterist manager at the Butterfly Pavilion in Westminster, says, turn off your porch lights. So that's part of the deal. I, by the way, I thought lepidopterists studied just butterflies, but apparently they also study moths. So I did not know that the field of lepidoptery was such a broad field. At any rate... Um, One little note, the last two paragraphs of this story say this. Moths have, this is kind of distressing and disturbing. Moths have developed a defense mechanism called rectal loading that is triggered by artificial light. If they are flapping around in your house, they can ooze a dark fluid onto your walls and clothing. And um, they said, this bitter brown liquid isn't harmful, it just tastes bad to discourage you from eating them. And anyway, now that we know that 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 stuff that comes out of the moths is like rectal loading, that's a rectal thing, then um, just just work that into your perspective on moths and the invasion. Okay? And um, I'll leave that there. Should I leave that there, the rectal loading thing? I don't think I've ever talked about that on Backbone Radio before. Javier, should I leave that one there? Okay. Okay. Um, Let's say hello to Brad. Brad, welcome to the program, sir. Yeah, thank you for taking my phone call. Yes, I've been uh, reading a lot about uh, Walmart's declining sales lately, and, and I'm afraid Walmart did it themselves. Their CEO was a big supporter of uh, Joe Biden. Chrissy and Alice Walton are both big supporters of Joe Biden. So when they did their part to help Joe Biden get elected president, it hurt their customers. Now their customers have less money to spend at Walmart, so could I make a case that Walmart did it to themselves, and then they decided to no longer sell the Mike Lindell pillow, which will... Isn't that infuriating, people. Brad? Yeah. Walmart won't sell Mike Lindell's pillows, which is like the number one selling pillow by far at Walmart, and because they don't like his politics, they ban him? This is a fascist country, Brad. It's kind of annoying. Yes, I called up Walmart and let them know I was none too pleased about that. Good. And the guy told me... But we'll give you an update on it later. And I said, I'll give you an update right now. I'm not going to spend money at Walmart anymore. And if I just spend more money in another store, I'll do it because uh, there's no excuse for them to ban Mike Lindell's pillow when they fail to realize. You know, that's a good idea. Let Walmart know that they're a big bunch of chump losers for banning Mike Lindell's pillows. Brad, thank you. Good point. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.